Hey, Matt, are you subscribed to the Weekend Primer podcast? No, what is that? It's the weekly podcast that you and I do every week on Wednesday mornings to let people know what's going on in the weekend in Door County. That sounds like a great idea for a podcast. Well, why don't you subscribe to it? All you have to do is grab your phone and pick out whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Apple Music, Pocket Cast, or Spotify, or, or wherever you get your podcasts, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse Podcast and click subscribe. Wow, that's so easy. I could do it. Then every week you're going to get two episodes of the Door County Pulse podcast delivered straight to your inbox. And then all you have to do is click on it and listen. I'm going to go do that right now. Cool. And sounds like a great idea, Matt. I'll see you in the podcast this week, Andrew. I think we should just get it out of the way right away at the start here. This is your last weekend primer. It's the end of an era. It is the it is the passing of a torch. I'm moving on to better weekend events podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go to California and round up all the events happening in California? Yeah. You should maybe start small, just events happening around your apartment probably. No. I'm going big. Think big. So you are leaving us on Friday. I think uh, we're going to have you in on the Friday podcast to kind of talk about where you're going and what yeah. you've learned along the way, the, the friends you've made, the journey you've taken. Sure. But uh, this is going to be, this is going to be our last time together. This is bittersweet. So let's, uh, let's make it a good one. I'm Andrew Clyde. And I'm Matthew Marcon. And this is your weekend primer. You start your weekend on Thursday by reading to a therapy dog at the Sturgeon Bay Library. Kids can read out loud to a special dog who loves to listen. I am really upset that it the copy includes the word kids because I was going to go and read to the dog. Yeah, I know we've had this maybe like once or twice um, since we started, but it never gets old. It's it, such a cool event. It is important to remind people that... Uh, there are, I, I think it might be the same therapy dog that goes to different libraries. I've seen posters at the Crest Pavilion. Yeah. This one is in Sturgeon Bay. Um, I know, I know there are at least like two or three that like rotate around to different libraries, but yeah, it's like the same dog. You gotta go list, you, you gotta go read to these good dogs. Right. They're, they are going to sit and listen and you can read and I can't think of a better way to spend my evening. No, it sounds like the greatest time to be honest. I mean, there's. First, you get a good book. There's nothing better than a good book and curling up with a good book. But what is better than curling up with a good book is curling up with a good book with a good boy. That's that's true. Yeah, I think that we should uh, be serious about this event for a second. I am being serious. No, I am too. But we'll we'll come back to it. Uh, it's a good way for kids to practice reading aloud. They get to do it to a dog who's a really active listener and very cute. Uh, it kind of helps with the anxiety of learning to read. Um, so really great in that respect. But I feel like with just a bunch of kids reading to this dog, they're going to get a very narrow genre of of books, lots of picture books. And there's nothing wrong with picture books, but I'm wondering if I can go and read, you know, like a novel. Right. If I can read To Kill a Mockingbird. The Odyssey. The, the Odyssey. That would, I'd be there Dick. a long time. I'm going to pick the longest book I can so that I can hang out with that good dog for the longest amount of time You possible. shouldn't read like... Where the red fern grows. Yeah, we're going to skip or, those ones. Or Stay like away that. from any of those books. <laughs> At first, you're like, hey, this you can relate to this book. This book has dogs in it. You're right. a dog. You and dog. It takes a very dark turn by the end. Yeah. We don't want that for our for, for our good boy at the library. I, I try not to read any books with dogs in them for that very reason, because I know what they're going to do. Marley um, and me. Yep. But I, I also try to avoid uh, movies about dogs, mm. because... 
I think the worst movie ever made was A Dog's Purpose because it's literally the worst part of any movie over and over and over again. Yeah. But then there are also those movies with dogs that they make dogs talk and then, you know, like it gets lost, but then it finds its way home. Those kind of movies. And then there's also Air Bud. Does Air Bud die at the end? No, he's on like his eighth movie. That's going to be that's going to be another uh, tragic end to a franchise when Air Bud is put down at the end of Air Bud 10. No, Air Bud goes on forever. Air Bud goes on until he passes away and then he gets to star in the CGI remake of All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, that's a great idea. Also on Thursday night at Carrington Pub at the Landmark Resort in Egg Harbor is Comedy Night featuring Brian Cork and Antonio Aguilar. There's a buffet at 6.30 and the comedy begins at 8. Are you a fan of stand-up comedy, Matt? I've been to a couple stand-up comedy shows and I've actually been to uh, one of these comedy nights. They do it reoccurringly um, throughout like the season. And so I've actually been to one of these and they're actually pretty fun. Oh yeah? Yeah, the comedy was, I wasn't expecting a lot because, you know, it's it was Door County and it was, it was towards, it was like, uh, the end, it was at the end of the season is when I went. So it was probably like September, October. So I wasn't expecting a lot of, you know, good stuff at the, at the Carrington pub, but it was actually, there was pretty funny people, pretty funny people. I'm a big fan of stand up comedy. Uh, I, I grew up watching, uh, comedians that were, uh, way too inappropriate for my age level on HBO late at night. Um, and I, I've actually only seen one comedian live in my entire life, and it was a comedian that I was taken to by my dad, Whoa. and it was Larry the Cable Guy. Wow. The only one that I've seen live. Nice. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I never, I never had the urge to go see one live. Plus where I live, my only opportunity was to go to like the Target Center in Minneapolis uh-huh. and then see like one of the biggest names. Um, didn't really pursue the comedy club scene in Minneapolis that much or go to open mic nights, but it's good to see that it's an option here if I want to. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe at the next open mic night, I will get up and do my stand up comedy. Ooh, that's not a good idea. You don't think so? No. You don't think I'm funny? No. I've, I've been to actually a couple of like open mic nights that have done that have like stand up comics I've been to. And there's some really bad comedy there. I remember one in particular was just like this old and I was in, this was when I was living in San Francisco a year or two ago and this old guy comes up and he just starts making jokes a quote-unquote jokes about millennials and the whole audience is millennials and it's like know your audience you know you you guys never grew up without cell phones ha 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 and we're all just it was legit crickets in the audience pointing directly at people and screaming what are you what are you doing here this is terrible well, that that lines up exactly with what I was going to try to do with my standup, which is I was going to try to be uh, the edgiest comedian in Door County who pushes the envelope way too far. Like yeah? I would get Give up and joke. I would say, nope, not going to do that on the podcast. Give me a joke. Uh, I would get up and I would say the most uh, offensive hot takes I could possibly think of that relate directly to the people that I'm looking at. What's the deal with cherries? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'll start there. I think it's interesting how much of a... I don't want to say resurgence, but comedy is is kind of stand up comedy in general is kind of is starting to become more mainstream. And I think that's a lot because of Netflix, because Netflix is doing a lot of showing a lot of comedy specials. Um, and like anyone you have ever heard and maybe and up and comers are now getting their own Netflix special. And I think that's really cool of just um there's not a lot of, you know, some of the big names in comedy aren't for everyone, but now you have this plethora of choices that on Netflix that you can just find any 
type of stand-up comic and like relate to their stuff. Do you think that Netflix is the new HBO? Because it used to be like you got the HBO special yeah, and that yeah. was the big thing. Um, it was interesting, like, but it's even more because I felt like HBO, you had to be at least, you know, relative and, and been around for a little while. And it seems like Netflix is picking up just like these really cool up and comers. Well, then, that, I would and, say then that and then they're, and then they're, they're expanding their horizons. Right. I would say that it's, it's broadening the horizon for comedians then. Right. Because like, I would say in the eighties, the, the big mark of a comedian was to like, do Madison Square Garden or get an HBO special. Uh-huh. And then in the 90s and 2000s, you got a lot of opportunities for younger up-and-comers on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd have Comedy Central Presents where you'd get to see a bunch of different stand-up comedians from all uh, from from all different levels of celebrity. Um, and then HBO special kind of still reigned supreme in that time. But now it's like the the biggest specials are coming out on Netflix, but then... There's a lot of other comedians that I'm seeing popping up. Right. And I wonder too, if it's, if it's because Netflix is offering opportunities to newer comedians, or if we are just out of touch from the, the comedy world, that's true because the, the, the people that I still think of as the big comedians are uh, like Louis CK and Dane cook and the people who were huge when I was young, even yeah. though those, some of those people haven't been in the game for years now. Right. Well, Dane Cook making a comeback. He's on a comeback tour right now, which is, is yeah, which is kind of interesting. I'm, I'm excited for him, but I also think it's interesting that I think a lot of these, uh, comics just have a bigger, have more platforms just with streaming and, and all the different ways that you can get your product out there, but, um, bring it full circle. Comedy night's a lot of fun and there are actually some good comics. So I highly recommend it. Plus you got an all you can eat buffet at six 30. So, so true. On Friday, you can check out the Friday film at the Crossroads at Big Creek in Sturgeon Bay, showing Emma Toft, One with Nature, with a special presentation of books from Toft's personal library donated to the collection at the Crossroads. Uh, I'm actually doing a, uh, a really cool history project right now with Filmworks, and we're digging into a lot of uh, different, really important people within the fabric of Door County's history, but also a lot of Door County artists and Emma Toft is a name that comes up over and over again. Yeah. So uh, for someone who doesn't know a lot about Emma Toft, who is she? Um, her, I believe her father purchased Toft Point or what is now Toft Point. And then she went on to uh, fight really hard to preserve that land. Uh, and then it, it was it was donated to or, or sold to the Wisconsin Nature Conservancy, which turned it over to uh, the University of Wisconsin system. And now the UW Green Bay cares for the area. So it, it's kind of a, a place where students can go and, and do research. But then Emma Toft also friends with Jens Jensen and uh, their relationship and a bunch of other artists kind of all got together and worked to preserve the ridges. Cool. Yeah. Right next to our office in Bailey's Harbor. Mm-hmm. Um, so she. She is one of the uh, seminal people in specifically Door County conservation. And uh, one of the best parts about Door County is that there is so much uh, natural area and so many parks and so much waterfront and all that stuff has been preserved over the years so that it's still available to us now when without people like Emma Toft, it it might not have been. Door County could look much different nowadays if it weren't for the works of people like her. Yeah, so a very important figure in, in Door County's history. Yeah, the history of, of art in Door County, of uh, conservation, of 
um, people like Emma Toff, Jens Jensen, they're, they're all kind of woven into this really interesting historical fabric and, and learning about them and, and unraveling the different threads and seeing how these people are connected and what led to what is really interesting. Uh, if you follow Door County on a timeline from the first white settlers all the way up to, you know, agriculture, then cherries and the maritime industry and all of this stuff, everything that we have in Door County now, you can trace back very clearly to different people and different points in time and when things happened. And it's really cool to kind of look at chronologically. And the only reason that we're able to do that, that we're able to look at Door County history and be like, oh yes, cherries started here and became big and the maritime and everything kind of worked together. The only reason that we can kind of pick that apart is because of people like Emma Toft who worked to preserve that history. I'm excited about the movie. You can come to Waterfront Mary's Bar and Grill on Friday night for a rock and blues experience, Little Cisco. The Green Bay bass rock band includes solid bass lines and polished harmonies, seasoned drumming, and an undeniable groove. Performing original tunes mixed with your favorite rock and blues from other artists like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, and George Thorogood. Uh, so we both listen to these guys yeah. a little bit. Um, it's a three-person band. Um, it, it, it's blues rock. I mean, George Thorogood, Stevie Ray Vaughan, those are really great mm -hmm. kind of uh, barometers for their sound. Um, my first question when I saw that they were Little Cisco was I thought, any relation to Cisco of the Thong Song thing? No, 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 no. Unfortunately, no. This is not a Cisco cover band. It would, but it would be cool if they did some Cisco covers. If, just one, if they just, just did yeah. the Thong Song. Yeah, that of, would be, of a, a bluesy rock version of right. the Thong Song. Uh, but then it spelt Cisco like the food provider. Yeah. So I was like, maybe that's what it is. Food songs. Yeah, all about food. <laughs> Uh, but they're, they got a cool sound. It's, it's really kind of rockin' blues. Um, a little bit of funk in it. Yeah. I it, like the funk. They're cool. I think that, uh, they're a good fit for Waterfront Mary's and should oh, be yeah. a fun time. Um, I, I looked them up on Spotify and it was interesting because the first they're like, so Spotify, when you look up an artist, it comes up with their five most played songs or their most popular songs. And, uh, three out of the top five songs were, was uh, was from an album songs for kids. And so when I looked it up, I was like, is this the right, right. little Cisco? And it was, there was a song called funky dinosaur and it was jamming. It they, was, it was awesome. an album. They made an album kids. fun for kids and it was a great album. There's a song like funky dinosaur. There's a song called like little monkey. Um, there's one called like counting fish or something like it was great. It's a great album. And I, and I, if they played those songs at Waterfront Mary's, I'm there front row. Oh yeah. Funky dinosaur. Is the hit of is the hit of the year. We should go there together and sit in the front, and then after the first song, be like, "Play Counting Fish," "Play Funky Dinosaur." That'd be great. On Saturday in Sturgeon Bay is the St. Patrick's Day Parade on Third Avenue. You can get excited for the 26th annual parade starting at 11 a.m. Come celebrate your Irish spirit and line the streets of Sturgeon Bay to watch all the decorative floats pass by. After the parade, you can gather and enjoy live music and special celebratory food and drinks at local restaurants and pubs. I went to film the St. Patrick's Day Parade last year, and my in-laws were actually up because my wife's birthday is uh, on Monday. Same Whoa, as you. same as me. Yep, you guys share a birthday. Woo. So they were up for her birthday, and we I filmed the parade, and then we went to Kitty O'Reilly's, and Kitty O'Reilly's was absolutely Fun. packed. Yeah. As you would assume it would be on St. Patrick's Day. Right. Um, you don't like St. Patrick's Day. No. Why not? I'm not a huge fan, mostly because for two reasons. 
uh, I'm not Irish. And I'm not saying that you have to be Irish to enjoy St. Patrick's Day, but I'm not Irish, so I don't find and I don't have an inclination to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And also, my birthday is the day after St. Patrick's Day. So everyone's like hungover or not really in the mood to celebrate my birthday. And so I don't want to celebrate on St. Patrick's Day because A, it's not my birthday and I'm not Irish. So I don't celebrate. I celebrate the day after on my birthday, but everyone else doesn't want to celebrate. So it's just like, when's, when's me time? You only have so much time to celebrate. You only have so much energy and you don't want to waste it on St. Patrick's Day when your birthday is the next day. I understand that. Uh, You also don't like to drink and you don't like food. So it makes not Irish food. You don't like Irish food. You don't like beef stew and potatoes and fish and chips. They're not my favorite. My, I, I can eat them, sure. They're enjoyable, but I'm not like, oh, I'm looking forward to St. Patrick's Day for my beef stew and potatoes. That's me. That, that is, is you. Legitimately that is me. legitimately okay. you, but it's so, not me. St. Patrick's Day holds a special place in my heart because uh, in college, I went to Ireland on a choir trip and was it, it was the most uh, incredible, weird coming of age experience for me and my friends. It was so strange. So I was a sophomore and uh, my my then girlfriend, now wife, Victoria, was Ooh. not in choir with me. So I went to Ireland. She didn't come with. So I went with our, our roommate, Michael. And it was just a boys trip. It was a boys trip. Well, I mean, it was the choir, but yeah, but it, it was, was boys just me trip. and Michael hanging nice. out. And so many interesting, weird things happened. So I went when I was 19. So uh, drinking age in Ireland is 18. Uh-huh. So I got my, like my first legal alcoholic beverage was in Ireland uh-huh. and it was a pint of Guinness. It was a Fitting. half, it was Fitting. a half pint of Guinness that I had with lunch. Cause that was kind of the first place that we stopped. And let me just say that from that first half pint, it just kept rolling because on, on one hand, there were a lot of people who were like, I can drink legally here. I'm 18. I'm going to spend the whole trip getting drunk. Yeah, yeah. And on one hand, you're like, no, it's, it's more than that. You know, we're on a choir trip. So, I mean, yeah, partake, but it's not all about getting drunk and partying. But then we got there and found out that, yeah, it kind of is all about getting drunk and partying. Nice. All of the shops shut down like at five o'clock and then everybody goes to the pub everybody goes and hangs out like that's where your community is at the pub so we would get up in the morning and we would rehearse for a couple hours and then if we had a show the show would probably be like at six or seven so we'd have some time to shop but then if we didn't have a performance that night after five there was nothing to do but go back to your hotel room so we would all go out to the pubs every single night wherever we were and we would stay out until you know bar clothes or, or even later. And then we'd make our way back. And it was, it was such an interesting experience because we, we really tried to like live in the culture and, and do what, what made Ireland special for, for the people that were there. Um, so we would do bus tours in the morning where we would go to all the different tourist Uh places, uh, which consisted mostly of a majority of the bus sleeping between stops. So we'd be driving and then the bus would stop and they'd be like, get up, we're at the Cliffs of Moher. And we'd be like, oh. And we would like, you'd wake up in a stupor and then walk off the bus and be like, oh my goodness, look at how beautiful everything is. And then you'd like hang out there and you'd get lunch and then you'd get back on the bus and immediately pass out again. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun. We got to sing in incredible venues, uh, churches that were centuries old, some of the most amazing architecture and um 
auditory areas or venues that I've ever performed in. Um, and the, everything kind of culminated on one of our last nights there. So we were doing a joint performance with, uh, a local choir, a local oh. like community choir. So it was adults and we were doing a joint performance with them at this really cool, like hundred year old church. And after the performance, we went across the street to the pub and we kind of just hung out with all of our, our new adult friends, our adult Irish friends that we had met. Um, so we're hanging out with them and we're drinking and our teachers there. And it's just, we're having kind of a party and two of the songs that we were doing were from a famous local uh, Irish pop band called Anuna. Uh-huh. And while we were at this first pub, I was, you know, hanging out with my friend, Michael, who is kind of the, he had the solos and the Anuna songs that we were doing. And he turned to me and he's like, those guys that just walked in, that's Anuna. Like Anuna walked into the pub that we were at. Whoa. So we went up to him and we broached him and we we're like, Hey, you guys Anuna? And they're like, yeah, what's up? And we're like, Oh, we're a choir from America. We're on we're like, we're, we're doing a, a tour here and we're singing your songs for our concert. And they're like, oh, no way. Do it for us right now. So we got <laughs> everybody together and we sang the songs in the pub for them. And they're like, nice. That was really cool. And it just went from there. Like we got shots with the Anuna guys and then they were like, hey, we're going to go to another pub. Do you want to come with? And then all of us went to this other pub and we found our way to a nightclub at one point and what's an Irish nightclub like? It's exactly the same as an American nightclub. They're very similar. Yeah. Oh, um, that's unfortunate. But like we were, we were, we were hanging out with all of these new people and our adult friends from the, the concert came with us and we were just like pub hopping. And at one point in this nightclub, my two favorite things happened from the trip. So first off, um, I was 19 years old. The first time that I had ever gotten like really intoxicated was at this nightclub. Uh, because the Anuna guys are buying a shot. So um, I'm, I'm intoxicated. Again, my girlfriend, now wife, mm-hmm. is in America, not with me. Mm-hmm. All I can do is talk about how much I love her. Like, I am a soppy, or I am a sappy mess at the bar, and people are like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, I'm doing really good. I miss my girlfriend. I love her so much. <laughs> and I just couldn't <laughs> stop talking about that. Um, meanwhile, my, my girlfriend was like really nervous and really jealous because you know I was out in a different place and she was like you know what's going on and then everybody after the trip told her like oh yeah no he couldn't stop talking about you he would get a beer (laughs) in him and then just go on and on about you my other favorite thing that happened was my my roommate Michael trips going up the stairs and dislocates his knee oh my god this is like the the third or fourth night of the the, (laughs) of the the tour and so the next like we bring him home and it's like three in the morning and we stop at this American restaurant like this. It's themed like a 50 style old American oh, cool. burger joint. Cool. So we stop in there and get burgers to try to sober up. And like me and one of the adults are like kind of like shoulder carrying Michael back to the apartment or the, the hotel that we're staying in. And I'm like, are you, did you really hurt yourself? He's like, yeah, I think I really hurt myself. And I was like, all right, whatever. And the next morning he gets up and he's like, I can barely walk. So we get on the bus and we stop off at this kind of like flea market style tourist trap and we buy him a cane. And so she's on a cane for the rest of the trip, which was hilarious because you've got everybody on the choir being like, why does Michael have this cane? Why is he walking around with the cane? And then you have uh, Irish locals at night as we're walking to and from pubs being like, look at this child with the cane. Why do you got a cane, old child? So super funny. So all of that being said, 
it, it was the it was the weirdest, most incredible experience. I I, I think about it often. Um, beyond beyond all of the farcical nonsense that happened, Ireland is is really beautiful. The green there is a totally different color than the green here. That's why they call it the Emerald Isles mm. because like. I, I was shocked with how rich the the natural areas were. And when we did all the touristy stuff, we went to the Cliffs of Moher, I kissed the Blarney Stone, did all of that kind of stuff. Um, that's where my love of like Guinness and fish and chips and beef stew and all of that stuff comes from. So on St. Patrick's Day, I always make it a point to try to connect with Michael and be like, hey, how's your knee holding up? Uh, but then I also like to go and get Guinness and fish and chips. And extremely intoxicated. No, not as much anymore. Oh. It was, I was, it was a lot easier there when you had really cool Irish adults mm. buying you shots and being like, hey, yeah, American child, come here. So, Matthew, I think that that's just about going to do it for us this week. Where am I going to find you this weekend? You're going to find me um, at Waterfront Mary's with a big sign for Little Cisco that says, play the funky dinosaur. Nice. I will be in Sturgeon Bay on Saturday hunting down only the most authentic Irish fish and chips and Guinness that I can find. That's the other thing about, about Guinness. So in Ireland, Guinness is, is taken very seriously. You have to pour it into a special cup. You have to pour it a special way. Um, like they, they pour it at an angle and then they wait for the head to die down and they pour it again. Like if you want to order a Guinness in Ireland, it takes you like five minutes to get it. Sounds like a pain, to be honest. No, it's great because when it comes, you've got this incredible like deep brown color, but then up top you have this really thick, almost solid head that forms in... When you drink it, it's like you you press your upper lip through this kind of like soft, warm pad. It, be, the, the, it, it almost solidifies. It's the weirdest thing. And then you get this incredibly refreshing uh, dark beer underneath. In America, I, I have never had Guinness that tastes anywhere near as good as the stuff that I had in Ireland for a couple of different reasons. I think when it comes over... Um, if it comes over on plane, the pressure on a plane, the pressure might change how it tastes. They also might, you know, their international stuff might not be as good as it is on, you know, on tap over there. Mm -hmm. But even when I've had on tap over here, a lot of times I'll see somebody just like fill it up and bring it over to the table. Then everything is the same kind of like tan color. And it's like, that's not how this works. Then you have to wait for it to go up. I just never had it as good. I think anybody who's been to Ireland will say that the Guinness is much better over there than here. Possibly. You kind of lost me because I have no interest in any of that. I think we should go out on St. Patrick's Day. And I'm going to make you drink all the grossest beer. Ooh, that's a bad idea. So, Matthew. So, Andrew. It's over. Closing time. You're fired. Oh, well, I guess that's one way to go out. I'll see you on Friday. Okay. If you're looking for more things to do this weekend, check out the events calendar at doorcountypulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available every Friday throughout Door County. Don't forget to subscribe to Door County Podcasts for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. You can find us on doorcountypulse.com, on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How about cooking something up with me?